We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. the Roadwire NBA podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Wednesday, November 1st. Nick Whalen here with the great James Anderson. Uh, James, I don't know what you have uh, on the docket for today, but I came up with a handful of true or false questions that I want to ask you, uh, and we'll use those as discussion points. Um, also have a, another topic that I'd like to discuss at the end of the podcast, um, kind of something I'd like you actually to clue me in on. Sure. So we'll get to that later. But first of all, I, I saw a Jermaine O'Neal jersey over the weekend, and obviously that's a story in and of itself, but that got me to, into thinking about Jermaine O'Neal, uh, a player that you, know, you and I, I'm sure, grew up idolizing, at least I did player who's been out of the league since 2014 but I wanted to start this off with a, a pop quiz can you name every team for which Jermaine O'Neal has played for bonus points for chronological order okay uh is that a yes or a no I'll uh, that's in I'll try and this is really coming out of left field for me so I'm I yeah. may I may not look so good in the process but uh Go Blazers. Correct. 
Pacers. Definitely play for the Pacers. Am I in chronological order still? Yes. Right. Uh, this is where it gets a little dicey. Lakers? Never played for the Lakers. Oh, am I thinking of Kwame Brown? Possibly. Very possibly. Similar from like the forehead up in terms uh, of the cornrows on the headband. Man, this is already off the tracks. Um, man. So it seemed like he played for Indiana for a long time, which he did, but he left Indiana at age 30. Like it, to me, it seemed like he was there until he was like in his mid thirties. But I think he would, just came into the league at such a young age. I appreciate you trying to stall for me. I am. Uh, he was a six-time All Star. It, it, it's not helping. Um, damn, I don't know. He so he went from the Pacers to three more Eastern Conference teams, and sure. then he finished out his career with two Western Conference teams. All right, so we've got a lot long ways to go here. Uh, that should narrow it down. Did he ever play for the Bulls? Okay, I thought you were going to say Bucks. No, he did not play for the Bulls. So he went from Toronto, or excuse me, Indiana to Toronto. Okay. In 2008-2009. Then <clears throat> to the Miami Heat. He okay. was a member uh, of the two Miami Heat teams before the LeBron teams uh, in 2010. Then he went to Boston. For two years. Then he spent his final two years in Phoenix and Golden State. Ah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, man, that was fun, wasn't it? What yeah, a good way was... to start out the podcast. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about basketball players. I who... got all of the relevant years. The first two? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I technically, I mean, yes. That he... <laughs> I got all the teams that he was ever good for. Uh, he averaged 13 and 7 for the Heat. As a grizzled 31-year-old in 2009-10, his nickname on basketball reference is just (laughs) J.O. I got all the teams he was good for. Well, he did average 13-7, and so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, let's talk about players who have actually played in the league this season, uh, let alone the last, like, four seasons. We'll start with this one. True or false? Uh, Your close personal friend, Aaron Gordon, shoots above 37% from three at the end of the season damn i so i actually i have four true or false questions for you and one of them was aaron, all about aaron gordon? one of them was aaron gordon related so okay well we'll, we'll get to that one after this one so okay. he's currently shooting 55 yes. percent from the field yes and uh 59 from three yep on almost four and a half attempts per game obviously that's going to come down we think you um, said 37 that's a 37 percent he's I'll, coming into this year he was a sub 30 percent career yeah. three-point shooter i'll take the under on 37 i think he's under. i think he's going to be right around 35 at the end of the year okay that's a huge regression i mean like it's only been it was, five, wait, games, five games but still i mean still like that's that's a lot to uh to regress toward okay i'm i think he'll be right around 37 Either well way, like i mean it's not it i don't know it's it's pretty unprecedented for a big man like that to make like a 10% jump in three point shooting. And like, you know, I've seen some, some Aaron Gordon this year. It, you know, the shot looks better. I mean, he looks more comfortable shooting it, but it, it doesn't look like a guy that has all of a sudden unlocked this, Mm -hmm. this great touch from the outside. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Jabari Parker's uh, three point shot. Uh, so can I do my Aaron Gordon true or false? Or yes, are, are we done with yours? No, we're done. Okay. Uh, true or false? Aaron Gordon will win Most Improved Player this year. Ooh, 
It's a good. I mean, it's, at this point, it's either him or Vucevic. So it could be a scenario where they could they cancel the vote. Yeah, could they split the vote? Yeah, I mean, he might be too improved. Uh, <laughs> no, I think I think he kind of fits the mold, right? I mean, obviously, like we said, the numbers are going to come down, but you know, I mean, he's he's averaging over over two assists per game, which wow. for Aaron wow. Gordon is a is a big jump. He's averaging a block a game. He's if he averages. 20-ish points, eight or nine rebounds, two and a half assists, and shoots you know 50% from the floor and 37% from three, I think he's going to have a really, really strong case. And the fact that the Magic actually look like a pretty competent basketball team, uh, maybe not a team that you know wouldn't shock anybody if they end up missing the playoffs when we get to April, but if they win 38 games and he's a big part of that, I think he's kind of that ideal candidate where – you know, if you just look straight up at the numbers, it's going to look like he made a major, major leap. Yeah, and he, you know, it's just it's it really is the perfect, most improved player setting. You know, he's yep. he's going to be treated as this team's you know best player, go to player. He's finally playing the right position. He's at like that age where most guys do make a, a bit of a jump, and he's got enough. It's not like he's. You know, a lot of the times you'll see the the most improved player be just a guy that was getting 18 minutes a game, and then right. all of a sudden is getting 28 minutes a game. He's been getting solid minutes, so it's it's like he's got this long track record of being kind of crappy, <laughs> so that I feel like it's going to be even more appreciated how big of a jump he's made. Who are the other candidates right now? You know, now that we have all this extensive uh, these two weeks of games, we can pretty much jump to conclusions. Who else? is in that race or like you know it's got to be a fairly young player you would think so um, i i thought you know a week ago i would have said gordon's toughest competition might have been dejounte murray but he's really kind of fallen turns off out he's bad yeah <laughs> i mean it it's it's just we've had three three games where he's been good and three games where he's been bad so it's it's tough to really mm-hmm. read too much into that i i don't think he really gets the minutes once they get Tony Parker back to kind of hang with Gordon even if he even if the good DeJounte Murray is kind yeah. of more legit than the the bad he was definitely version. the most improved player of the week for the first week of the season an award that they don't yet hand out <laughs> uh, I think like Jamal Murray was a candidate coming into the year he has he's been nothing terrible to back that up I mean Devin Booker I think numbers wise will probably be in I that hate position that's one where I would I'd definitely push back fairly strongly if if a guy like that who was like really pretty good last year just kind of gets a normal mm-hmm. amount better well, i think like, the key is the team has to be fairly good like if if the magic win 40 games and get the sixth seed in the east oh, and gordon's their best player here's he's a lock super obvious one is uh demontis sabonis so far yeah i mean i do worry once miles turner's back how that's gonna look um, i mean he's he's got he's you know his good. his advanced numbers are just right. off the charts right now like rebound rate assist mm-hmm. rate like i mean he he's doing a lot of crazy stuff so yep. i think that his He's kind of your more uh, he's kind of your more traditional candidate where yes. it's just all it really is is him getting a better situation with more opportunity. Right. I mean, what about Eric Gordon? The way he's played, Aaron Gordon's older brother. <laughs> See, I feel like he's I feel like he's too old. Like, when is there any precedent for a guy that's been in the league like eight or nine years? Oh, he sh- coming sure in and is. winning it, James. Of course, there is. Uh, all right, so oldest, most improved player ever, Daryl Armstrong, in 1998. 99 he won it at age 30 okay. so he had been in the league for four years only how he was a 26 year old rookie yeah i mean he That's was uh he was i remember when he like kind of started uh making a name for himself with the magic he was mm-hmm. just kind of uh you rarely see this in the nba where 
it's kind of like a indie ball player all of a sudden like yeah. getting a big league job like it, that's kind of what it was it for like Darryl, I know what indie Armstrong. ball is it's an independent league yes okay sure uh Hito Turkoglu <laughs> won it at age 28 in his okay. like eighth season so okay yeah I mean talk about someone blazing a trail Goran Dragic won it at age 27 Jalen Rose won it at age 27 there's somewhat of a precedent um this is probably Eric Gordon's last year though if he's shooting for most improved player this is he's, the time is now and I do if Chris Paul ends up missing like extensive extensive time uh you know maybe he's in that but yeah I, I do agree he's probably a little too old um I mean, could Kelly Oubre get it just gonna say Kelly I mean, or Otto Porter yep, I think either yep. of those guys I mean there's been there's been rumors that and I think it's just rumors at this point that Ubre's played well enough and that unit has played well enough that Mark or Marquise Morris might come off the bench. We'll see. I think their ceiling to me is incredibly high as long as they as long as they sort of embrace the Ubre Porter uh forward combo with Porter as the stretch four and Ubre as the three. Like I, I think that if if those two guys kind of hit their ceiling or start approaching their ceiling in the next couple of years, their ceiling as a team is just, you know, really high, like best, best team in the East high. But if they go back to a Markeith Morris, Otto Porter, uh, Gortat front court, and then Ubre off the bench, I feel like that just kind of caps it a little bit. Cause we, we kind of know what Morris and, and Gortat are at this point. I think we do. I think I'm safe to say we know, uh, Gortat has been in the league deceptively long, by the way. I was looking at his well, he was, his page. He the was on day. the he was on those old uh, Dwight Howard Magic teams, right? Yeah. Like he he spent like multiple multiple years with the Suns. That seems yeah. like forever ago. Um, he's he's been in the league far too long. Like he's thirty four in February. Mm-hmm. That seems old. All right, James. Let's take a quick break so I can tell the listeners about SeatGeek. As we both know, buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy, and that is with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest and easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long, whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I know we both have the SeatGeek app on our phones. I've been starting to poke around Big Ten championship game tickets uh, with the Wisconsin Badgers looking like they're going to be likely to find their way to Indianapolis next month. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And of course, it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available. Best of all, new users to SeatGeek get $20 off their first purchase. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app, enter our promo code ROTONBA. That's promo code ROTO, R-O-T-O, N-B-A. That'll get you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. Okay, um, we'll go back to me. So a team we don't talk about very often. True or false, the Cleveland Cavaliers finished lower than second in the Eastern Conference at the end of the regular season. Uh, a little bit of a brain teaser. I'm Well, no, I, I definitely am going to say false. I'm trying to think who, who would be the obvious. I, I mean, I think the 
the Wizards are kind of the obvious team to take the one seed if someone were to do it. I mean, I guess the the Raptors slash Celtics would be one of them would have to pass them for them to finish the lower than two. Well, no, that's I I think the Wizards have a oh they're a lock to finish. No, I I think the Wizards have like a, a you know a legitimate shot to have the one seed. Um, I don't know if you think that that's outlandish or not. I don't think it's outlandish the way that, one, the Celtics are depleted and relying on 20-year-olds, and two, the fact that the Cavaliers I, are openly, more more so than ever, don't care. I, I, just can't, I just can't imagine the Celtics or Raptors finishing with a better record than the Cavs, and I can't think of who another, cha- another legit challenger would be to them. So I'm going to say that is false. The Cavs will be a, the one or the two seed in the East. Okay, you you have more faith than I. <laughs> you're 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 already that far out on them that you think no, they're not going to be mean, a top two seed. I, I just think they, you know, I mean, we're, it's stupid to doubt that team at this point. But like in the past, you knew like the personnel was always there, and it was just a matter of getting the guys to try. It, it was really that basic. This year, I think they're going to find it hard. One, I think the bottom of the East is better. Um, and it's that you know they don't have these cakewalk games. I think they found that last week when they got housed by some bad teams. And, and two, I don't know that they have the type of personnel. They're the oldest team in the NBA. They, you know, this was said I think on I don't even know what pod it was. Some some podcast, a podcast earlier this week that the Cavaliers. And this is so true. Like, how hard is it to go from having arguably the worst defensive point guard in the league in Kyrie Irving? You get rid of him, and your point guard defense gets markedly worse because you brought in Jose Calderon, Isaiah Thomas, right. and Derek Rose. Derek Rose, who are like if you could if you could just like piece together three point guards who are maybe as bad as Curry on D, they somehow found a way to get all three of them. So there's that. You know, everybody's older. How old is Kyle Korver? Thirty six, thirty seven. Channing Frye's old. So the reason I think that they're going to finish with the top two seed is just because they still have the players to put together those awesome offensive lineups. It's going to require Tyrone Liu kind of having uh you know the confidence in himself and his ability to kind of control that locker room to give guys like Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose and even Kevin Love in some situations uh not the minutes or not the role that they are sort of expecting but I think when you get you know if you get Isaiah Thomas back you know halfway through the season you can still have him uh Crowder J.R. Smith you know, maybe Love, maybe Tristan Thompson, maybe Corver. Uh, there's just a lot of different lineups that are going to put up extreme offensive efficiency numbers, and I think that that's going to be enough for them to to do it in the East. I know their defense is terrible, but I just don't. I mean, we saw that last year; it really didn't prevent them from from locking up a top two seed. I don't really see it happening this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I'll look back in February and you'll make fun of me for being worried uh, after the Cavs rip off like 16 straight wins, but we'll see. Uh, I, I do wonder like the, this arrogance that they've rightfully had you know, toward the Eastern Conference and the, the way that they believe and, and have beaten any team in the East when they need to. Eventually, that you'd think that has to wear thin, but you know, who am I to say LeBron's been to seven straight finals? All right, what's your next one? My next one is... True or false, TJ McConnell currently has a better assist percentage, assist ratio, net rating, effective field goal percentage, and true shooting percentage than Lonzo Ball. This is just a subjective question. I mean, obviously it's true, right? 
Yeah, I just wanted to say it. Two um, for two. I just wanted to say it on the pod. Arizona Wildcats. I just wanted to say it on the pod. Yeah, uh, what a good talking point. Yeah, DJ <laughs> McConnell, he's better than Lonzo. I mean, we said it. We've, everybody's been saying it. DJ McConnell's good. Uh, he's much better than I thought he would be. He is, Right now, he's a better option for them than Markel Fultz, given Markel yes. Fultz can't move his shoulder at all. Right. Um, and he's, he's been playing like 20, 25 minutes and I think that's going to continue. Do you have anything else to say on that? Or was that, that it? No, I'm, I might take, Real mature. I might, t- I might take shots at Lonzo ball, uh, periodically throughout the season when, when the opportunity arises. Do you not like so Lonzo? I just, I, I think he's extremely, uh, overhyped. Like I think like at his best, he might end up being, like at some point he might end up being the 25th best player in the league and I feel like he gets treated like he's got a chance to end up being a top 10 player in the league. I feel like people think he's just a everyone was foolish to not take him number 1 overall. Like people people talk about the the Sixers taking faults and it's like, man, can you imagine if they'd taken Lonzo? It's like, well, can you imagine if they'd taken any handful of guys that went after faults that are all having better rookie seasons than Lonzo is already? So I just think he's gets talked about way too much so i don't i don't mind kind of being the contrarian on that one you think lonzo ball the lonzo ball gets talked about too much interesting um (laughs) i i mean let's talk quickly about lonzo because it yeah i mean it's such a he's such a tough player to evaluate because of all that's going on around him i think that's really colored the way people view him but i think we said it on last week's pod like numbers wise he's about where rational basketball fans should have expected right rebounding has been really good he's up over seven a game about seven assists he only had two or three last night against Detroit Uh, oddly enough he's shooting 35 percent from the floor 30 percent ish from three like if you expected Lonzo Ball to shoot significantly better than that I I don't know where that really came from obviously he was a a good you know three-point shooter at UCLA flash deep range but it doesn't he's not comfortable shooting off the dribble one unless he really gets into rhythm and is kind of able to rock back into that shot. Like, he's not going to come around a screen. You don't have to show hard on screens on Lonzo Ball right now. It's really it, – it, it, I don't think it gets talked about enough how different it is. Not Forget about, like, how far out the, the three-point lines are in college and the NBA. It's just so much different when you have to get that shot up with the speed of NBA defenses, the height of NBA defenses, the length of NBA defenses. It's just a completely different thing than in college. Like – it's just it's really impossible to just look at a guy's college three-point shooting and just translate it directly over to the NBA especially when you're a guy that's going to get as much attention as as he is it's not mm-hmm. like he can just sit in the corner and and get open shots he's right. got a most of his three-pointers end up being pretty tough shots so it's it's not surprising at all right true or false the Dallas Mavericks end the season as the worst team in the western conference ooh i like this one uh I'm going to say false because I think Seth Curry comes back and gives them a much needed uh, scoring option in that backcourt to go along with, with Dennis Smith. I, I just, I look at the Sacramento Kings, the Phoenix Suns as, as better bets there. I think that, you know, the Mavs definitely have a good shot at having a top six, top seven pick, but I'm not going to pick them to finish worse than the Kings or the Suns. I mean, the Kings are awful. I mean, they're they're just so bad. The Kings box score last night against Indiana was one of the most disturbing pieces of <laughs> like, like web pages, I guess, in general that I've ever seen. Like, not, I don't not know what they're work. doing. Like Dallas seems to be kind of deliberately backing itself into top five pick. They well, Dallas 
sneakily when they play Dirk, it helps them lose oh, yeah. without oh, yeah. like Dirk a, is... you know it's not uh, it's not a thing where we're we're sending Eric Bledsoe home. It's not that kind of tanking. You're playing your most popular right. player, they, and it's helping. They you have lose. the perfect disguise right. exactly. to do this because yeah. no one's going to complain if they get to see Dirk for 25 minutes. Dennis right. Smith plays 30 minutes and they lose. That's great. And I think Dallas, which is odd because of all teams. They were kind of that team that for so many years would rather chase the eight seed than rebuild. But I think it's finally reached the point where... Well, and every every team's got scouts that have seen the guys that are going to be in this upcoming draft. And every team wants... Like, if you have a shot at getting a top five pick in this right. draft... You're you can gonna... get Ethan Happ, I think. <laughs> I think Dallas probably has man, caught a couple Can you imagine him next to Nerlens Noel? Oh, oh my God. Um, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think Dallas finishes with the worst record, but they'll be bottom three. I think Sacramento's probably the leader right now. That rotation is a complete mess. It's a crapshoot basically every night. Garrett Temple's been inactive twice already um, for rest, you know, non-back-to-back situations. De'Aaron Foxes look good. That's been That's been a nice surprise, at least to me um and he's what do you of, think or go ahead no that's it go ahead what do you think of scal like is he sort of overrated as like a just because <laughs> of his name value in this conversation but yeah like well it's just you know the fact that he so he's he's obviously was a good pick for them when they you know he fell in the draft they took him but i think people look at him as like well you know he was the number two prospect in that class coming into college and then they just sort of think well now that he's good he he's really good he's actually just kind of a weird like very non-physical like right. power forward who is good at shooting mid-range jumpers it's it's kind of a yeah. weird skill set that doesn't i don't think it's really going to lead to many wins is there a comp out there for him right now i mean he's kind of part of this new age of big men where it's it's hard to look back 10 years because there's weren't that many guys who played that way but yeah i mean I, I think i mean it's clear now that he was misused at kentucky more than anything right you you redo that draft yeah. is he a top 10 pick i mean it think was, a, it was a pretty bad draft so yeah i think so uh wasn't a great draft but i mean his offensive game is kind of like david west like pacers where it's just get it to him like 12 feet from the basket and he's going to kind of you know figure out a way to get a decent jumper up and he's going to hit a good amount of them but and you would you'd expect a guy that can shoot that well from you know 15 feet to eventually be able to shoot that well from 23 feet uh but right now that's not really part of his game he is just so easy to overpower one-on-one he's okay at help side defense but he's just he's kind of a a negative player on that end of the court right now just because of how uh, much he lacks in physicality. Yeah, physicality, actually. I think <laughs> physicality. Meant to say. Okay, next one for you. Okay. True or false, Laurie Markkinen will finish the finish in the top five in Rookie of the Year. Voting. I swear to God, if your fourth one is another Arizona Wildcat, it is, isn't it? No. Nope. It's going to be. No, nope, I, I didn't even hear the question now. I was so distracted. What true, was it? true or false, Laurie Markkinen will finish in the top five in Rookie of the Year voting this true. year. True. Okay. I think you can lock that one in. Lock it in. Lock it in. We need that. We're really early effect. in the year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, you, I mean, you would assume. So Ben um, Simmons is running away with right. rookie. Ben year. Simmons. If has, he doesn't like, get if, hurt. Right. He's going to be rookie. He has year, it. Uh, and it's not really going to be close. Does let's see. Well, let's I mean, rank them right now. So Simmons is one through two weeks. Simmons is one. Markinen is two or three, right? I mean, yeah. It's. I mean, Markinen, Fox, Tatum. Uh, ball like 
all kind of in that Isaac. Yeah. Uh, Isaac's Jackson. numbers aren't good, but I think I think people have been impressed with him. He like, just hasn't played that much. Basically, everyone that went in the top nine, except for Neil Aquina and Fultz, is mm-hmm. has a chance to be in the top five of rookies. Is there anyone that really looks like a big time whiff already? I I'm, don't want to put Fultz in that category because we haven't seen him remotely healthy, and I don't think it's fair. But I, I think for now, like Zach Collins has been glued to the bench because they're so deep. You can't really pass judgment on him. Like every like Bam has looked pretty solid filling in for Whiteside. No one really looks like woefully undermatched thus far. Overmatched, I should say, thus far. John Collins might work his way into the top five by the end of it. Uh, you know, I mean, I think there were some pretty bad picks in the teens. Just like, in to me. Justin Patton, DJ Wilson, TJ Leaf is a pretty rough run considering the guys that went after them. Uh, I still cannot believe that Utah, or Denver, excuse me, traded Trey Lyles. (laughs) You're never going to let them live down that Tyler Lydon. uh, It was so obvious. Donovan Mitchell should have gone probably 10 or 11. He's there at 13. You trade out of that to get Trey Lyles and then end up taking... Tyler Lydon at 24. Like yeah. It was clear about four days after the draft. That the scouts like Lydon. Do they, though? <laughs> I, I think the scouts really like Donovan Mitchell. Um, well, like, I mean, Neil Aquina, is, is it too early to say that that was a bad pick? I don't think so, although I think it's not too early to say that they should have taken Dennis Smith Can I say? spot, but everybody said that at the time, right. so I don't think that's really news. Can I say Malik Monk was a bad pick, or is it too early for that? Too early for that. Come right. on. How dare you? All right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think... I will say, though, that a lot of people, including Malik Monk himself, thought he was going to, going to New York right. at 7. You, well, at, at, eight, at eight, 8, yeah. At 8. And uh, that probably would have been a little high. Do you think people were way too overreactionary in, like, Summer League about how good Dennis Smith and Donovan Mitchell were? Like, relative... Like, I feel yes. like we were hearing a ton about those two guys... Like people were more pump, pumping those guys up more than guys like Mark and yeah. guys like Isaac. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I still think if that draft is redone, the top seven guys are the top seven guys. I think yeah. I think Fultz, Ball, Tatum, Jackson, Fox, Isaac, Markinen are the top seven. Like I don't think Smith. Maybe does Smith jump into that top seven? Mm, so who would be who would he be replacing? That's then? the thing. It's I like, don't, I don't so. No, I don't. I, th- I don't think anyone in that top seven is dissatisfied with what they've seen from their right, pick so right. far. I think so, everybody feels pretty good about it. I think, you this know, is I think maybe you mix up the order a little bit. Definitely kind of a, you know, maybe we should just remember not to, to yeah. overreact to what a guy like Donovan Mitchell looks like right. in, in a couple summer league games. Yeah, I mean, right now there are, I don't know, there, there, as of last night, I guess, the number sank after a couple bad games. But there were like 11 rookies averaging double figures in scoring last night. Um, it's a pretty crazy class. In, no, uh, 10. I guess I wasn't counting Simmons. Last year, three players, you know, basically ended the season as double-figure scores. So we're already off to a much better start with that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a fun rookie of the year race, or a second for rookie of the year, because Simmons, you know, he's not really a rookie. Yeah, it's it's a great technicality. It's, it's very another it's very reminiscent of the the Blake Griffin rookie of the exactly. year season, where it's just like this isn't even fair. This is not close, <laughs> right? I mean, has Simmons been better? I know you were as high as anyone on Simmons, but has he been even better than you thought he'd be? Uh, I guess I'm surprised at how quickly he was routinely putting up these numbers. I sort of thought we'd get there, you know, in December, January, February, he'd start kind of 
getting on a run like this. I didn't think it would just be right out of the gate. He's a triple-double threat every single night. I do think it's worth pointing out that he has been as bad as advertised as a shooter. Like he, he's shooting like 50 some percent from the line. He's just four from three. Yeah. He's just year. not a threat at all from outside of like 12 feet. His yeah. jumper, I don't know what hand he is. And I don't, I'm not as confident with him. We, we talk about this all the time. Like can guys get better? Like as a shooter, like which type of guys that aren't viewed as good shooters are going to get better. Like, I don't, I just don't really think he's ever going to get, that much better as a shooter just because he doesn't seem like he doesn't want to shoot at all I feel like you have to mm-hmm. kind of want it a little bit and then just sort of have that inner confidence that at least you're making him in practice like I'd love to see him shooting in practice and just see if it's still actually pretty bad or if like maybe mm-hmm. he's better like because you always hear like Giannis doesn't miss when he's like in warm-ups and, and in practice and stuff like right. that I'd like to see if Simmons is this bad. When, well, you hear, when I don't know. Watching. Like NBA players are are just so talented and are so. You know, you've been playing basketball for years and years, every single day of your life, and you have shooting coaches and everything. Like you, you hear the stories, like DeAndre Jordan can shoot ninety percent in practice from the line. Andre Drummond hit fifty free throws in a row in practice. Like I don't anything you see in practice. Right. I don't. I don't know if I buy. Um, and that, the other thing about Simmons is that it, it's almost Giannis-like and that he's doing all this, like you said, without a jumper. Like the fact that, that, he do, that he doesn't have a jumper is concerning, but at the same time, he's still putting up these numbers with defenses sagging way off of him, and I think that makes it more impressive. He has a crazy, some, just a crazy array of shots from like six feet and in where he, it's not like a true hook shot, but it's like he gets the ball up over his head and just kind of flicks his yes, wrist exactly. and like, he doesn't do the full swoop yeah, like a Kareem, like, but yeah, it is, but it's it just, is it's a weird touch like to have to be able to make those with that kind of consistency. So, yeah. I mean, he has some unique scoring skills and obviously he's great in transition and everything. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the big thing, I don't even think he has to become that great of a three point shooter based on how good he is at everything else, but he has to be a better free throw shooter mm-hmm. than he is right now. So basketball reference tweeted uh, yesterday morning that he's the first player since Scottie Pippen to average at least 18 points, nine rebounds, and seven assists through his first seven games of the season. Not rookie, player. Player? <laughs> player. And again, seven, it's seven games, whatever. But you can... What did Russ average sample. last year? That's what I was thinking. That was my other question, too. It's like, that can't be right, right? Like, someone has to have averaged that. Like, Oscar Robertson? Like, Yes. Yeah, I like, mean, it's impressive, but LeBron Russ, never did that? You. That's what I thought. But hey, talk to basketball reference. All right. I think... Get him on the phone. Oh, no. Westbrook did do it, but um, he did it this year. <laughs> Not last oh, year. Really? Oh, really? Weirdly enough. Okay. So I don't mean to startle you, but basketball is back, which means FanDuel is back. It's fantasy basketball for everyday fans. New contests start every day. That means no busted seasons. FanDuel has something for everyone. Tons of contests to choose from starting at just $1. Just pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. Over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at fanduel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Again, just visit fanduel.com slash RW. Void where prohibited. Okay, so my next question was about Ben Simmons, but we basically discussed exactly what it was going to be. So, true or false, the Milwaukee Bucks make a major trade to try to upgrade the talent around Giannis. 
That's a really good one because I think the expectations from ownership are very high for this team. Like I think that they they look at how good Giannis is right now. They kind of want to be in that mix for you know top three seed, top four seed, Got and the arena opening next right. year. Right. I think if if it's you know if we get twenty games into the year and it's kind of looking like they're they're ticketed for the five or the six seed i could see there being some pressure from ownership to make a trade i just don't you know obviously bledsoe's the one that everyone talks about uh it seems like the only teams that make sense for bledsoe are milwaukee and denver and i'm sure both of those teams have packages that they've offered up to denver and denver is just kind of like well what's the point like if we're only getting this back uh i don't know i'd I'm going to say no just because to get to make a big splash, well, would you consider Bledsoe like that type of I think of so, yeah, because if you're the Bucks, that probably means giving up at least one of your assets. And for a young up-and-coming team, their assets are relatively unimpressive, and they have some bad, bad contracts on their books. I mean, it's a miracle that they were able to get out of the Plumlee contract, first yeah. of all, but you still have Henson's deal, you have Toledovich, you have Delhi. Like None of those deals are helping you. Yeah, I I don't think – it's going to take a ton to get Bledsoe, so I think that they – obviously they can get Bledsoe if they make Thon or Brockton available. I just – I don't know. I I would maybe consider it, honestly, with, with a guy like Thon Maker, but um, I think if if I was the Bucks and I traded for Bledsoe, I'd want to send Del Vadova out in that deal just to prevent Jason Kidd from playing Del Vadova anymore. Uh, because I just I don't th- I don't think there's a single roster move you could make that would make Jason Kidd play Matthew Delvadova less than 18 minutes a game. I mean, how many first round picks did you have to attach to Delvadova? <laughs> He's got like two and a half more years on that deal. <laughs> well, is that a worse Man. deal than the? Uh, is his contract or John Henson's contract worse? I think in context, Henson's is worse because. I mean, even at the time, he signed it in 2015. And granted, things have changed pretty rapidly over the last two years in terms of big men, but you got to have more foresight than mm-hmm. that. You know, like I was talking to one of my friends uh, who used to write for, for Bucksketball on Drew Hoop last night, and he he texted me out of the blue and just said, if John Henson was a free agent this past summer, what would he have gotten? And he's like, what, two two years, six million? And he's like, yeah, probably, maybe less. Yeah. He might John, not be on a roster. John Hammond sneakily made like five or six pretty bad signings on his way out of town. The Giannis deal or the Giannis draft pick bailed him out big time. That's basically all he can point to. Um, I mean, the Middleton trade was really, really nice. Sure, sure. But, I mean, he's made – like the Middleton trade was really, really nice. He's also made similar trades that were just as bad. Like the the Michael Carter-Williams trade was really bad. Uh, Yeah, Tobias Tobias Harris was really bad. Uh, The Delvadova, Henson, Monroe – Toledovich, Plumley, like you can go on and on about the bad deals he's made. He made uh, right before leaving, so uh, burned the house down and ran away. I think that they, if if Bledsoe counts as a yes to this question, I think that they will because I think that there's probably more pressure on the Bucks to be uh, to push for 50 wins this year than there is for the Nuggets and the Nuggets have gotten off to such a bad start that I don't think that's realistic anymore anyway so it's it seems inevitable that Bledsoe gets dealt and I think the Bucks 
make the most sense. So I'm going to say yes. Okay. I like it. All right. All right. What's your last one? Who, My, which Arizona? <laughs> is it going to be Jason Terry? No, you throw no, a Luke no. Walton question in here. True or false? Luka Doncic Christ. will be the best. <laughs> will be the best all-around offensive player from the 2018 draft class. No, I think it's going to be Michael Porter. False. All right. All right. I like Luka Doncic a lot. I've come around on him quite a bit after you forced his Eurobasket highlights <laughs> on me. Um, but I, th- I think Michael Porter is going to be really, 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 really good. <laughs> which says more about him than it does about Doncic. So is do you kind of look at it like it's Doncic and Porter as like the the high end offensive talents from that that top tier from that class, and then like Bagley's kind of a, a two way stud, and Bamba's more just mostly defense, and Aiton's right. kind of a who knows. What? I think Bamba has. And I really don't think this is an overstatement. Maybe we'll see once he plays a few games at Texas. But from what we've seen now, he has potential to be the best defensive big man in the NBA, just based on athleticism, freakish wingspan. Um, you know, I mean, you, you can watch his, he can his, handle the ball a little bit. Like, he's not just this, this stiff. Who's, his wingspan's longer than any player in the league, right? Is, yeah, it was the longest, like, ever measured. Right. So it's going to, whatever he, whenever he gets to the combine, he's going to, he's going to break that record. Uh, but offensively, he's still pretty underdeveloped. You know, he's not a guy that you're going to dump it down to. Um, but defensively, he's going to be a monster. Doncic, I mean, he's he's going to be really good. Him and Porter, I think, are in their own category offensively. Bagley, we just haven't quite like he's not technically a member of this class, or he wasn't until a couple months ago. You know, so he's he still has maybe a little more developing to do. <clears throat> Excuse me, I, I did see Grayson Allen called him the most talented player that he's ever played with the other day. Counterpoint, he called Jalil Okafor the most dominant player he's ever played with. <laughs> well, I mean, Jalil Okafor was Kennard. extremely well, – wow. He was, <laughs> I mean, Okafor was extremely dominant in college. Uh, A real Sheldon Williams. The the Bagley thing is doesn't surprise me just because I could see Bagley in scrimmages just being a ridiculous force, like a two-way monster where – you know Because the thing about him is he's – He's a rim protector, but can also go coast to coast. Well, what is his position in the NBA? Is I think he, it's a. I think it's a current day five. You think so? I, he needs to. I don't know. I, I would have said four or like a. I mean, he doesn't have the handle or like the pull up ability of Durant, where you could kind of throw him as a nominal three. Like I just think of. I think like the best lineups that are going to involve him are where he's the de facto rim protector on the team, like. It, that's not necessarily mm-hmm. to say that he's going to be treated like a center. Right. He might handle the ball a lot more in your typical center, but I, I think he's kind of like Giannis in that sure. respect where yeah. like a lot of the best lineups are just going to be him as right. your, your rim protector. I've seen some Lamar Odom comps for him, and I think potential-wise he could probably be better than that, but that type of player who can get a rebound and just go, you know, I think that's – and like you said, Giannis fits that mold. Ben Simmons to some degree fits that mold. It's kind of a new type of player that is tough to pigeonhole, mm-hmm. you know, a, a point, I guess a point forward. Like a guy who 15 years ago would have probably come up as like a true four or five, but they just, right. because of the way the game is, like mm-hmm. they were shooting jumpers, they were playing point guard, and right. now it's like, what do you do with this guy? We'll see where he is as a passer too. That's kind of the one thing we don't know quite yet is how much of a real playmaker he is. I mean, he's a dominant athlete. He runs like a gazelle. He finishes like crazy, but I don't know... Like, I haven't seen him run pick and roll or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it's tough to gauge that from AAU footage. Okay, uh, next one. Golden State enters the All-Star break with eight or more losses. 
False. False. Okay, they have three losses right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of waiting for them to do to go on like a 15-game winning streak. Uh, obvi- I think it's very obvious that some of the players on their team came into camp out of shape. Uh, Nick Young, I think, you know, Draymond Green's performance from game to game has kind of been uh, more up and down than you're used to. Uh I think that it's obvious that going to three straight fi- – is it three straight finals for them? Three. Yeah. Um, Seven for LeBron. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's just a lot. That's a lot for any team to kind of handle. So, I guess if you had told me before the season they were going to have like a, a down period at any point in the season, I guess early in the season would have been the, the smart bet. So, mm-hmm. I still think they go on a streak where they go like 20-2 and two or something well, like gonna that. They're going to have to go 46-4. and four to have fewer than eight losses going to the all-star break. When you put it that way, it's like, I don't know, eight seems pretty low. But the only reason I kept it at eight for the question is because it's the Warriors and going 46 and four is totally in play. Yeah, I'm sticking with it. Okay. All right. I think I would go over. I think they're prob- they probably have nine or 10 losses at the break. Like The thing to me is like that Pistons loss. That's the game that in the past two years, they find a way to win. Maybe they trail the whole game and then come back and win it. But the fact that they dropped that one at home this is, was odd to me. This is a weird – This is this the first time since they've been this good where Kerr has done this much kind of mixing and matching with rotations? I think he's – Bench yeah, rotations, I think it's I guess. almost just a game to him. Like he's, you know, he's making comments about how they're out of shape and right. they're not you – know, he's throwing in Damian Jones and Nick yeah, Young at I mean, times. Like they – if he was running tight rotations like they were really – trying to you know they had a goal of like mm-hmm. we were trying to win 70 wins this year and he was doing and he was man or, or coaching like that i think that they would yeah. have looked a lot better thus far i mean jordan bell to me is is a huge game changer for them mm-hmm. off the bench that they haven't had in in past years so i think that their crunch time or i guess their playoff like seven or eight man rotation might be better than it's ever been but the fact that kevin looney's getting you know <laughs> 10, 10 plus minutes in certain games. I think they games. parted ways with him, though, didn't they? Well, they didn't pick up his rookie option, but that, right. he's still on the team, right? I don't know what that means. No, it just means, that just means he's a free agent after this Milwaukee season. native, Kevon Looney. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, this is their third year. Um, well, they've been to three straight finals. This is their second year with Durant. Like, they're going to they're gonna go on one of those runs. It's going to happen. But I also think coming off of three straight finals runs, they're probably getting to that point that LeBron got to the last year in Miami and certainly these last few years with Cleveland where you really do start to realize just how trivial the regular season is when you're that much better than everyone else. And I think, I don't know, we're seeing that. Like, they don't seem phased whatsoever by these losses. Like, I watched that game against the Clippers the other night and, you know, it was a close game through the first half and, you know, got they threw a couple bad passes. I think somebody got blocked at the rim, and they flashed to the bench. And KD and and Curry are yucking it up and mm-hmm. recreating what happened. Like they don't, they don't care. It's it's totally an effort thing to me right now with them. Uh, their offense is still by far the best in the league. Uh, no one's really close to them in offensive rating, but they have a bottom five defense. The players on their team that should not be even close to a bottom five defense. Mm-hmm. It should be a top 10 defense, top 15 defense at worst. So if they start buying in on that end, I think they're, they'll go on one of those runs. Okay. True or false. Chris Stapps Porzingis is a lock to start the all-star game. Uh, 
Let's see. False. Because I'm not going to completely rule out one of Embiid or Simmons starting it. So uh, LeBron is locked in at one forward. Giannis is locked in at another Giannis forward. Giannis is locked in at another. I would say at this point... Simmons po- would be a point guard, though. Is that what they would do? People forget that. They're actually listing him at point guard. Are officially. they? Yeah. Oh, I haven't looked. You've looked at the, the all-star ballots. I have not. Oh, me? <laughs> um, okay, so I guess it's basically Embiid. I'm trying to think if there's someone I'm forgetting that could get that nod. Uh Probably think, not. Didn't DeRozan get listed as a front court guy? I mean, not that he would get it over Porzingis right now, but he he might have been. Oh, Aaron Gordon. <laughs> yeah, right. That's um, a good player. I guess it, assuming assuming health, I would say yeah. Porzingis has like a ninety percent chance. Right. I think assuming health and given that he plays in New York, I think he's yeah. If he stays healthy, I, I don't really see a path to him not getting it. Uh, okay. True or false? The Orlando Magic finish as a top six team in the Eastern Conference. Gonna have to think about this one. So take your time. Cavs, Wizards, Raptors, Celtics, Bucks. Gonna say Bucks. So that's five. Uh. I'm going to say false because you just have such a cluster of like Hornets, Pistons, mm-hmm. Pacers. They could definitely finish with the sixth seed, but I just don't think the odds are with them on that. No, and I they're, agree. they're shooting way over their heads. Right they're now. first in the league in three point percentage by a huge margin. They're second in field goal percentage. They're second in assists. They're top 10 in steals and blocks. They're fifth in scoring. Like yeah, everything, nothing could have gone more right for them thus far and and i feel like even even if they turn out to be a pretty good team like six is too high seven or eight seems a little more feasible but i would i think there's just there are other teams that have been closer to playoff berths and have that you know miami charlotte uh-huh. how, how about this type of teams uh an off off top of my head true or false uh true or false the miami heat missed the playoffs uh false i think they'll i mean white sides played one game he had 28 and 22 in that guy. I think once he's back, they'll be a little better. You love Whiteside. I do love Whiteside, man. That guy's incredible. You wouldn't want to sign Whiteside on your team? Not really. Clearly, you're not following him on Snapchat. <laughs> That's really what endeared me to him, I think. Uh, okay, last one. Uh, true or false? The Blazers should trade C.J. McCollum this season and or the Pelicans should trade DeMarcus Cousins this season. Just kind of like a, There's a should they should they like if they were doing the best thing for their team yeah. they would do this or they wouldn't do this not will they should they uh, and I should credit uh, Rob Mahoney wrote an article for Sports Illustrated earlier this week with some just made up trades that would be fun and I agreed they were fun and one of them was C.J. McCollum straight up for Andrew Wiggins which I liked a lot more so for Minnesota I would I would do that immediately if i was the timberwolves um i think i mean i think the Pelicans should trade anthony davis and demarcus cousins this 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 season so i i think they should trade everything on their team that they can trade for future future assets and i think dell demps should be out of a job and probably should have been like three years ago uh 
they, I mean, they just they need to embrace a rebuild as soon as possible before their assets start to decline even further. Uh, for Portland, I guess you explore stuff. Um, they kind of screwed themselves. I think that the McCollum Lillard backcourt had a chance to lead you to a you know top four seed in the West if you surrounded them with the right guys, and they kind of haven't done that. I don't think that's on the McCollum Lillard. Well, who are the right guys? I think they've put a lot of stretchy, versatile wings. Well, you know, if you Narkic, like who else can who they, else is feasibly better than those? I mean, they allocated what like seventy million for Evan Turner, who's a net negative for them. Um, they He's good in college. Haven't done great in the draft the last few seasons. Uh, you know, Alfaruk Amino and Mo Harkless should be like your fifth and sixth best guys, not your third and fourth best guys. Like, I'm, I'm not off the top of my head. I'm, I can't think of like, oh, they absolutely should have signed this guy or they absolutely should have done this, but they haven't, they just haven't gotten enough impact players to go around Lillard and McCollum, and it's not for a lack of uh, resources. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Pelicans, I mean, it's hard to come up with fake trades when a DeMarcus Cousins expiring contract is involved and, you know, I mean, no one really saw coming what he went for at last All-Star break. But, I mean, this it is kind of do or die for them now. You know, well, with, with Cousins expiring, if they're, if they're sitting in 10th place at the All-Star break, you got to think about it. Would you offer... Uh, would you offer the Cavs Cousins straight up? For, well, Cousins for the Brooklyn pick plus like whatever bad contract the Cavs have to attach. Brooklyn pick and Shumpert or whatever it would be. Yeah, Brooklyn pick and Shumpert. They might, they might take more, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I would eh, I would offer it unless I mean, do you? The question I guess is, does New Orleans want to try to re-sign Demarcus Cousins? Well, I I think Dell Demps is is awful at his job so i don't know Correct. what they want to do but i know that they should there's no path forward to this team being a top three team in the west in my eyes even if they bring everybody on the team back like if they sign davis to a long-term deal sign cousins to a long-term deal they're still to me not in the legit title contender picture so i think you you get the best pick you can um in this upcoming draft for Cousins, you offer Anthony Davis to the Celtics for like Tatum, Brown, and uh, maybe that Kings pick, uh, and just go forward with as many young guys and picks as you can. I, that's really the only thing to do, I think. It's really not fair that we haven't been able to see Davis and to a slightly lesser degree Cousins like in real playoff settings. Right. It's well, fair. it's a it's not fair that New Orleans still has a basketball team. Come on, uh, it's a great city. Uh, <laughs> No. That the thing is, like you, that they're losing money at the gate on this team when they have Cousins and Anthony Davis. Like them being really bad this year, like I, I think there's not. It's not like you're giving up a ton in in ticket revenue. All right, last thing. A song came out today uh, by I don't even know how to pronounce this. N e r d nerd featuring Rihanna. People have been talking about it. It's kind of a cool song. It's kind of a cool song. And I had heard of this. Is it Nerd or N-E-R-D? N-E-R-D. N-E-R-D. I had heard of this collective before. Um, it just says, as a consumer of rap music, you know, I knew Pharrell was involved. But I asked you, 
uh, earlier in the office. Like, what is the deal with this with this nerd thing? What like who are they? What is it a band? Is it a producing group? Is it the Neptunes? Like, what is it? So, explain it to Nick. What is what is this thing? What's what are they all about? So I haven't heard this song you speak of. Uh, it's called Lemon. Okay, yeah, I have not heard that. Uh, they have been semi-relevant probably for the past, you know, at least five or six years. Looks like their last album was 2010. So uh, getting the band back together, I guess, after, year. you know, Pharrell has maybe had enough with reality TV, who's to say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in 2002, In Search Of came out and that's probably one of my 10 favorite albums of all time. Um, I don't think, I think each of their successive albums has been slightly worse and, you know, if you wanted to start listening to them, I would definitely go back to that first album. Uh, pretty much plays all the way through. There's there's no bad songs. There's four or five just elite tracks, in my opinion. Um, I wouldn't de- I wouldn't describe it as a rap group, and I would say kind of like indie rock slash hip hop. Uh, just kind of it's it's its own sort of genre it's not trying to picture what that sounds like it's not it's not rap because there's there's a you know half of the songs there's probably not a legit rap verse in it uh you know pharrell's not really a rapper chad hugo's not a rapper at all uh yeah it's it's just really unique i would definitely recommend checking it out but um i'm not even sure if nick Whalen would like it it's it's so I'll know. do some recon uh, when we're done in here uh, <laughs> and, and kind of get back to you. I'll, I'll get, actually, what I'll do is I'll give you an update on the pod next week. <laughs> All right. That, uh, maybe just uh, out of out of five stars, tell me what you think of their first album. And, right. and if it spurred you to listening to their other material. I will absolutely do that. Okay. That'll do it for us. You are shipping out to Arizona. Like in the middle of the night tonight, is that right? That's correct. So you will be back when? I will be back Monday night. Okay. Well, then we will be back on Thursday, I guess, for the Road Aware NBA podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.